Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Actually, we got a lot of recapping to uh, do because uh, after yesterday's big dog, Joel Rodlonski, at the NATO protesters parade, and not really a parade, but uh, we got a lot of sports to cover because a lot of things happened over the weekend we did not get to. We got baseball discussion. The NBA playoffs have definitely entered another stratosphere, if you want to call it that. The NHL hockey playoffs. Shh. Nobody's talking about that here in Chicago. We got some stories off the sports page as well. So it's catch-up day. It's catch-up day here on a beautiful Tuesday in the fine city of Chicago. The big dog and the coach will be at your service, serving both ketchup and mustard and possibly a sliced pickle along with it. Big Dog, you will be happy to know that Jason Duffner, Brandon Bass, and Northwestern Women's Lacrosse are all on the docket for today, in addition to some of the major stories out there. How are you, my friend? And yesterday's show um, has been nominated for a Lubitron Award. Uh, well, I, I didn't realize that yesterday's show was nominated, but uh, I'm kind of worried about this one, considering what our lineup's going to be. <laughs> You're not thrilled with a Brandon Bass. Uh, Jason Duffner or Northwestern Women's Lacrosse, all three of those stories excite me. Uh, well, just because the last one, the latter, has chicks with sticks. Yes. Well, that, that, you're saying that's why it excites you? That's why it excites you. Oh, nah, not really. I'm done. I'm done with chicks with sticks. I want nice girls now. Yeah, well, if you, I'll tell you what, if you watch, uh, if you happen to view the lac- the women's lacrosse players right now. Uh-huh. Um. Let's just say for a sport drawing, the more attractive or the more, at the high school level, the more popular of the uh, femaledom, it uh-huh. is now lacrosse. I mean, it used to be softball. Maybe a basketball lacrosse has taken over as the most popular sport in more ways than one big dog. Really? I didn't know that. Yep. That's what I'm, no. I'm here to educate you. The field hockey was huge for the hot girls in our school. Well, back when the you were in high school, always- there wasn't... Field hockey was probably one of the few girls' sports offered. Yeah, well, that was after Title IX, Coach, don't forget. Yes. I'm not that old. Unfortunately, I am. I mean, literally, when I went to high school, there was a, they had basketball was just starting for the girls. Maybe a track and field, but field hockey, that was their, their number one sport. And you've seen the outfits they wore back in those days. Ooh, they were nice, Coach. Not really. I, I cannot believe. Are you kidding me? For, for a fourteen or fifteen year old boy, and those girls run around in those mini skirts with the high socks. Are you kidding me? <laughs> are you are you a coach? Didn't do anything for me. Oh my! Not God. a good I look. I, I don't get you at all. I, I got to admit, <laughs> that there was there was just something about those girls in pigtails and the in the field hockey. Yeah. Except, you know. The bruises on the shins didn't do anything for me, just to let you know. Well, I didn't the, like that. The striped high socks typically covered the bruised shin. But we did get yeah. to see a lot of knee back then. Yes, this is true. 
There, no doubt about that. Now, I'll tell you what was even more of a buzzkill as a 14, 15-year-old teenager. I don't know if you remember. I believe the female physical education outfit back then was called the Kulot. Does that ring a bell? Uh, I wasn't that old, Coach. They were wearing, <laughs> everybody was wearing exactly the same thing okay. when I was in junior high to high school. All right, so. well, see if you can YouTube or Facebook or find any information. I'm sure there's pictures of it, the old Girls' physical education outfit was called, I believe, the culotte, and I don't even know how to describe it. It was puffy. It kind of puffed out in the leg, and, and believe me, it, it got rid of any levels of testosterone you have. It was a tremendous equalizer. Uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, something, let, let's face it, that's probably a lot better off. Uh, I would have been much better off with that going on in high school than what I had to look at. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the 80s were like the miniskirt era. Oh, boy. Not good for me in high school. Oh, boy. That explains the uh, D-minus on the report cards, huh? Well, I mean, they pass. These these get degrees. Hey, but as we've well depicted, you uh, you were voted most improved player four years later because your high school academic career, jumping to your college academic career, Big Dog, you, were, you pulled off an Adam Dunn in, in a four-year period of time. Yeah, I don't. Uh, anybody that can honestly say they tripled their grade point average from high school to college, <laughs> I, and, and honestly, I mean that's, that's exactly what I did. I mean that's almost if you think about the because it's almost impossible. Yes. To, to do that and still get into college, you know, and especially a good one like I got into. Mm-hmm. So it sounds. I, I you know, initially it sounds tremendously impressive. Wow, the guy tripled his average from high school to college. That's unbelievable. Then, of course, with about 10 seconds of thought to it, you start to realize, man, that must have been one miserable. In order for that to be mathematically possible, that's a pitiful high school career. Uh, well, Coach, it's actually, if you think about the amount of effort it took to actually do that, that that's pretty impressive. Yeah. All right, enough about you and me. 888-463-6748. The phone number here, Big Dog and the Coach, at your service right up until 11 o'clock. We have producer extraordinaire David Olson, other side of the glass, awaiting, anxiously awaiting. Boy, do I plumb up that term a little bit. Anxiously awaiting your phone call. Again, 888 We'll go over a little baseball here. we got to talk Cubs and Sox. NBA playoffs, Big Dog. Got to bring that up. The uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. I did not see the game, but apparently they have eliminated Kobe Bryant and the Los Angeles Lakers. Did you happen to be viewing? No, not just just when the hockey game wasn't going on. And the Lakers, the Lakers were playing a real good ball game in the first half, and then there was uh, a, a horrible flagrant foul called on Ron Artest, who didn't do anything. And they just basically, a body went flying, so they just said, oh, there's Ron Artest, and we're going to get you again for the elbow that James Harden had. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I, that thoroughly turned the whole entire tide of the ball game. And then after that, the Thunder pretty much controlled the whole second half, Coach. And the the Lakers kept trying to make a run, and they just couldn't get close enough. And the, and the Thunder would play just enough defense in order to pull it off. Everybody acting like the Lakers choked. Why can't anybody give the Oklahoma City Thunder a, a little bit of credit that, uh, yes, maybe Paul Gasol could have been a little more aggressive. But it just cracks me up. They immediately are just... So I just watched a little bit of ESPN mm-hmm. coverage today, and they were basically it was all about the Lakers' season ending. And I do understand their season's done, but it was just it, no credit whatsoever given to West Russell Westbrook or Kevin Durant or Serge Ibaka. Cracks me up a little. 
106 to 90. So it was not even close. Oklahoma City wins the series four games to one. Your point about uh, too much emphasis on the Lakers, not enough about the great, young, exciting team to watch. Oklahoma City, extremely well taken, big dog. I still feel like the Lakers stymied because Kobe Bryant, more and more uh, in pressure situation, becomes a ball stopper where the action just, you know, it's just Kobe going one-on-one, and he'll score his points. But I think that subtly and maybe sometimes not so subtly affects the other players on the team. They just feel like they're less of a team and they don't perform up to their expectations. I I certainly felt like that happened all series, this series, Coach. Yep. But I'm going to tell you this. Yesterday, that's all they had, okay? that's Yesterday, Kobe Bryant was hitting everything. He definitely shot over 50% from the field. Yeah, at eight, least. 18 okay. out of 33. Okay, so, okay, so, so that's, it's over, that's what I'm about. But, it's like 54, 55%. But does that, you, I would argue, and again, uh, any NBA fans out there love to hear from you, 888-463-6748. I would argue that, uh, and it happens to Derrick Rose sometimes too, that star player can dominate the ball so much, have a hot game, and still hinder his overall team's performance because the other guys, again, subtly, sometimes not so subtly, go into a shell. Uh, you know, you're a basketball coach, and you, you coach some of the greatest offensive talent that, that's ever walked. <laughs> and uh, to, be, to be honest, you can get a guy that scores 39 points and he's coming off screens and ball reversals, and, and but it, it was like he was running down the court and chucking it up. But he was hitting them. It was, it was, and if he wasn't on the court, they could do nothing. So what was the reliance on? And I agree with you, Coach. There is a difference. Even though he was hitting the shot, it it seemed like he was just like, all right, the rest of you guys suck. I'm just going to take over. Mm-hmm. And that's how it totally felt watching the game. And I was yep. just sick, and I just went back to hockey as quickly as I possibly yep. could. Or, you know, worse yet, and again, I hate to say it, but it's true with Derrick Rose and the Bulls, and I'm surprised Tom Thibodeau lets it go on. But it seems like that's a state-of-the-art in the NBA, you know, late in the game. Last-second shot, star player, dribble, 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 try to create, fake, boom, off-balance. How many times do we see Kobe Bryant falling away, taking not really a good shot at the end of games instead of working some offense? Run the offense through, and whoever's got the best shot at the end, an open look, take it. But, again, that so, seems to be the way NBA teams like to play it at the end. I, I just, just to let you know, and let me let me confirm this for you, okay, uh, Kobe Bryant, with his team trailing yep. by three or less points in the last minute of a ball game mm-hmm. over the last two seasons, you know what his shooting percentage is, Coach? I know it's bad. They had that stat up there. It's less than fifteen percent. Yep. Yep. And yes, I'd love, I'd love to see Derrick Rose's people. I'm not look, look this up, people. I, it was I, Tim Ligler talking about this two days ago. Uh-huh. He was talking about how it, at that time, at the time, the stat was he was four for twenty-one which was less than 20%, and he's hit less shots than that since that's happened. So it's gone toward 15%, but it's less than 20 mm-hmm. it's the, the, Oh, he's the greatest closer ever. No, he isn't. No, he is not. He's a chucker right now. Okay, but he had a great season. He absolutely had a great regular season, but when it came down to when teams were really going to play defense against the Lakers and the scouting report came out, it was basically, guess what happened? Mm-hmm. They The Lakers couldn't do anything, and they couldn't yep. score when it counted. Yep, back it in, back it in, back it in, dribble, dribble, back it in, fall away, jump shot. When did when did the Lakers win games during the playoffs, Coach? 
they were winning games when Bynum and Gasol, mm-hmm. they went inside-outside. Remember, they, they were winning Absolutely. games. Oh, the Lakers are going to be hard to beat. The, the Heat can't compete with Andrew Bynum. And, then, you know what I mean? And the mm-hmm. next thing they realized, well, they quit going inside and out because Bynum had a bad game. And all of a sudden, after that, Lakers, it was just like, look, it's the Lake show again, and Kobe's going to keep on chucking. Ever since Luke Walton left the team, they haven't been the same, Big Doug. All right. Now, more importantly, uh, it sets up. And again, you know, here in Chicago, when the Bulls lost, we kind of lost interest a little bit. We got the whole NATO thing going on. We've been distracted. Cubs, Sox, all kinds of stuff going on. There is a terrific, terrific matchup now that's going to take place in the NBA's Western Division as the young, upstart, exciting, very talented Oklahoma City Thunder take on the San Antonio Spurs, big dog, quietly, quietly. I, I was amazed to hear that. Eight consecutive wins now. Fini- you know, uh, beginning with the end of the re- uh, regular season, they haven't lost in the playoffs yet. Two consecutive sweeps. I think this is one of the better mono versus mono matchups that we've seen in a long time. Looking forward to watching. Oh, I, I absolutely. I cannot wait to see Oklahoma City versus San Antonio. Now, yep. David Stern right now is like, he, he's up, he's tying the noose for his neck. He cannot believe that this <laughs> just happened to his, to his lead. <laughs> Uh, but let's face it. Forget yeah, about teams, it. No, let's forget about where teams are from, Coach. You and me, we don't need that. This, how good is this series when you just match up two basketball teams out there? Honestly, this. I mean, this is. Think about how good these two coaches are. They're, I mean, the, this is such a phenomenal matchup, and you're just right. It's like the old, experienced team that does everything right versus the explosive young team that is learning how to do it right. And, mm-hmm. you know, what is it going to be the legs or the experience? I, I, I couldn't agree more. This is the first non-bowl series of the whole playoff so far yep. that only am I interested in, because I had no interest in anything else. I really don't. Uh, this is the I want to see these games. Seriously, I, like, when I have made fun of the NBA playoffs and, and tried to instill let's watch some hockey to everybody. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard for me to watch hockey over the Thunder versus Spurs if it's on television. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be watching that over hockey. I'll yeah, we'll get to hockey, hockey in just a second. Joel uh, Redwanski, Joel Redwanski, Joel Redwanski, Joel Redwanski, our extremely underpaid hockey expert here on the two guys in a mic show. I'm trying to get you a little bit of a contract boost for that big deal because you provided some scintillating, scintillating hockey expertise, but. Um, yeah, that, that that series is going to be good, and it's San Antonio eighteen wins in a row. I think now, we understate about, that. I mean, it's it's just a, an amazing. Three, we talked about about three weeks ago. I'm not, I want to get on that for a second. About three weeks ago, we talked about how oh San Antonio snuck into the second best record, best in the West, and how how important it was for them to avoid the Lakers or or Oklahoma City until the Western Conference Finals. And we're like, you know, they they could end up. Being, you know, going on a run here. Coach, they haven't lost since we had that conversation. It's unbelievable. And I would argue or I would uh, say this, every high school coach, every junior high coach, some college coaches, should tape these games and sit their teams down, women's team, men's team, whatever your coach, and have them watch San Antonio Spurs games, particularly of recent, Big Doug. Not that I've watched them all, but the little bit I've seen, they play. It's, it's very unlike NBA. They move the ball. They share the ball. Absolutely, fundamentally sound. What do they call Tim Duncan? The big fundamental, right? Yeah, the big fundamentalist. Yeah. And honestly, you know, we can say this about some teams, but it is 100% true that if it's a seven-game series, if you take 
the top three scorers of every single game for the San Antonio Spurs, there will be nine names that reach that, you know, the top three. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're going to have somebody is going to contribute big every single night, Coach, for them, mm-hmm. and you just don't know who it's going to be. And, and and it's not like it, that person gets forced that day. It's like, oh, there's a mismatch. And everybody on the Spurs realizes that they're going to rotate and make sure that we get the ball against Tim Duncan when he's facing the midget. Or if Manu Ginobili has a guy that is too big and slow, he's just going to do one of those awkward mono mm-hmm. moves around him. You know, what I, you know what I mean? And then they just, they're just fun to watch, Coach. This, and, I love this game. and they've got Popo, the great equalizer on the bunch, the, the on the bench, the comfort level. The man who gives them all that uh, ability to continue on against all odds, Popo, on the bench. I just keep thinking when I watch him and the success of the team, Big Dog, if Barack Obama would have had Popo at some of the NATO meetings, or you know maybe he could like assist the Secretary of Defense. I got a feeling many of our world problems, not all, but Popo there, some of our world problems would be a lot more uh, eased, shall we say? It's just Possibly. me. Possibly now in, in the the Clippers game when they were down twenty five they go into the huddle and he kind of was like yeah all right guys come on you got you got twenty four minutes left and like it was, it was just beautiful the way he talks so calm yeah the next thing you know they just kept playing uh, Spurs basketball and then all of a sudden the Clippers looked up they're like we're yep. only up five oh no yeah. and then after that they're like you know what I'm saying coach you're it, talking about right? game. Um... Game five of the series, I think, when they were thirty-three to eleven lead for the LA Clippers early. So unbelievable. Now you're now if if Popo, Greg Popovich, if he would sit down for fifteen or twenty minutes, big dog with Ali Al Sharif, the leader of the palace uh Pakistani delegation. Mm-hmm. Don't you I, I have to again, I don't know that he'd solve the entire world problem, but I think things would be much better. Uh just saying. See, I, I have to tell you, he'd be gone. There, see, Popovich would. I don't think he would realize this guy's not a team player, and he can't be trusted. Okay. So that, that isn't the problem, coach. Is it? Yeah, that's. I don't. I don't think even think Popovich could help him. <laughs> he'd have to be cut. Okay. He'd have right. to have a whole new roster when it comes to the UN. He'd have to clean out. Uh, I, I, I think Papa would be great, and I think Stan Van Gundy, if we could get him to work for one of the other delegates. Any delegation you really want to aggravate or get under their skin, uh-huh. send in Stan Van Gundy as our representative. As much as I respect his basketball skill, the man is an annoying dude. Well, he's he's has a lot of time on his hands now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too, it's possible. I'm just saying, Barack Obama could yep. do worse than look to the sports world for some people to uh, ease up some of the tensions in the world. All right, we mentioned the name at the start of the show, Brandon Bass, real quick before we move on from the NBA. Celtics and Sixers having a great series. Very entertaining, very even. Celtics jump ahead 3-2 to two yesterday, and they get 27 points, big dog. Not from Ray Allen, not from KG, not from Paul Pierce, Rajon Rondo, but your guy, Brandon Bass. Yeah, Brandon Bass, uh... LSU guy, remember him and, and and Tyrus Thomas at LSU? No, and and Glenn Baby Davis and whatever I, those guys are. I remember Big Baby. I remember Tyrus. Uh, I got to admit, no recollection of a Brandon Bass. Well, I, you know what? I think they were separate. That was like Brandon Bass played with Big Baby, but not Tyrus Thomas. So Tyrus Thomas left after a freshman year. But anyways, yeah, that kid. He was traded for Kendrick Perkins, and people. And the Celtics were mad about it. Do you remember that? Like the Celtic players, like verbally, were like, "What are you doing this for?" Isn't I that thought, nice, coach? You get you get traded 
and all of a sudden that your teammates are like, "Why the hell are we trained for this guy?" I didn't think <laughs> Brandon. I thought guy. there was another. Was Brandon Bass the prime piece in that trade? I thought it was someone else. I I, I thought it was Brandon Bass for him, but that's what. If you want to look that up, yeah, I, David Olson, sure, if you get a chance, look up the Kendrick Perkins trade. I could have sworn it was somebody else, but either way. Brandon Bass with 27, Celtics go up 3-2, to two, so we got to keep an eye on that one. And tonight, dog, and I know you is our hockey expert, underpaid, but nevertheless our hockey expert, you'll be watching NHL hockey. But there is a Game 5 tonight as the Indiana Pacers continue to challenge the Miami Heat. Um, I, I Well, you know, the good thing is with the, with the television alignment today, I'm pretty sure that Heat game is starting at 6 p.m. Central Time. And if ah, it is, beautiful. I will definitely at least watch – the fourth quarter of that game. I, I doubt I'll watch any of the first three quarters, but mm-hmm. you know I have stuff to do today. But uh, hopefully that'll be a close game, and it's it's two two right now. with going to game five, right? Yep. So yep. Uh, obviously this is an extremely important game because the winner of game five wins eighty seven percent of the time wow. in uh, in uh, in a tur- in the in the seven game format mm-hmm. in basketball. I didn't watch game four, by the way, but apparently LeBron James, one of his best ever. Now think about what we're saying here. (laughs) Guys had a hell of a lot of great game, but apparently he was just out of the stratosphere, one of his best ever games, 42 points, 18 rebounds, 9 assists. Dwayne Wade was spectacular. I don't know if you saw it or not, Big Dub, but those two uh, just were were outstanding in game four, apparently. I did not see the game. No, it's one of the great. Uh, NBA performances by one player of all time. Wow. It's one of the great duo performances of all time. Uh, LeBron went off for 40, 18 rebounds, and nine assists. It's only one, only one other person has ever had as many of those three numbers in a game, and it was exactly as many Elgin Baylor. Don't tell me. Luke. And nine. Luke Longley? Uh, no, it was Elgin Baylor. Ah. Yeah, uh, he did it 51 (laughs) years ago. No, but here's now. Always, you always gotta. No matter what happens, if you give LeBron praise, you, uh, the the people out there that don't want him. I'm not a LeBron hater or a basher. I just don't want him to win the NBA championship. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not a hate on him. I just don't want him to win it. Okay. I want somebody. I want the Spurs to win the championship. All right. So, but just just to throw this out there, you just said one of his many great, his great games of his many great games, and and you know you're right. But when you think about it, when you start thinking about the. LeBron James like playoff legacy. There's really not that many great games. When you start thinking of like Bird and Magic, oh my god, we start thinking of Magic's great games. It's like you can name like 50 incredible playoff games, and then Michael Jordan. Let's don't even get started about him. It, like LeBron, you start naming his great games, and it, it was funny. It was like uh, I was like, oh, they had that one when he played. Remember when he played the Pistons and he scored like 29 out of the 30 last points of the game and won. Mm-hmm. And that's as great of a playoff game as even Michael Jordan may have ever had, Coach. Okay. But then there's like five other games that are just spectacular, and there's really not that many others. So it's it's funny. It's like when he had this game, it was like brought to the light that he's only had a handful of these games as opposed to all the other great legends so far in their career. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Like people are out to bash him. And, you know, remember we talked the other day about how far Dwayne Wade has fallen. The other day when he screamed at, at Spolstra, Yep. After Game Three, he was screaming at Spolstra, and yep. supposedly, like people in Miami went crazy. This was after we had mentioned that. So Dwayne Wade, when he played that great game in Game Four, he was really kind of like it was like it was like a must 
play a great game for him. Do you understand what I mean? Because everybody in Miami was like out for Dwayne Wade. He was like he's like the biggest villain in the city right now, believe it or not. Yep. Yeah, we talked about how, how he is his personality at least apparently seems to have changed and not necessarily for the better as stardom has has uh, come upon him over the last five, six, seven, eight years. David Olson, did you uh, I know the morning or the morning break, the two guys at a mic public anxiously awaiting the details of the Kendrick Perkins trade, but uh, was it just Brandon Bass? Two different trades. Ah. Two different trades. Uh, the Celtics got Brandon Bass from the Magic for Glenn Big Baby Davis ah. when they were cleaning house. That's so. when they waived Gilbert Arenas and they cleared out basically their entire bench. LSU for LSU, big dub. Yes, that's right. What about Kendrick Perkins? Okay. Who was he traded for? Kendrick Perkins was uh, traded along with Nate Robinson for Jeff Green and That's Nanad Kristic. Jeff Green, yeah, who went yeah, on to that get that injured. Sense. That, that totally yeah. makes sense, Coach. I'm yeah. glad we asked. I'm yeah. glad we asked. Beautiful. All yeah, right, moving on. Okay. Moving yeah. on from the NBA. Again, our phone line's open here. Dog and a coach at your service. Two guys at a mic. TalkZone.com, 888-463-6748. The phone number, real quick, Big Dog, is our hockey expert. I don't want to steal uh, any of your thunder, so uh, give us 38 seconds of the best hockey updates. We're down to what? The final four, right? Yeah, and uh, the way the, the Los Angeles series have been going because of the Kings, they're taking on the, they're taking on Phoenix. They're going back to Phoenix. They can clinch in game five. Hopefully they do. If they don't, they'll be able to clinch at home in game six. They, they'll get it done. I was surprised Phoenix actually got a game there. Uh, last night, uh, New Jersey really controlled the game against uh, – against the Rangers, and New Jersey's just a tough coach. Martin Brodeur is, just, is phenomenal. Zach Parisi scored again for the New Jersey Devils. They won 3-0 against the Rangers last night. And that series, it's 2-2 right now. And that, uh, folks, if, if you kind of like hockey, but you just love sports, watch a New Jersey Rangers, uh, uh, Devils-Rangers game. The only way I can tell you this is every single one of the regular season games this season started like this. Before the puck dropped, everybody dropped their gloves and started punching <laughs> each other on the ice. Yeah. Every single one of the regular season games. We couldn't, you know, I said at the beginning of the series, remember, Coach, I was like, we, you couldn't ask for anything better in the East than having the Devils play the Rangers. All I can tell you is every game so far has been scintillating, except for last night, and it was still a really good game that I was watching. Even Rangers goalie is uh, Hendrick Lundquist, correct? Oh, Hendrick Lundquist, Coach, yes. God bless you. Yeah. Uh, He's pretty good. At least he was awfully good in the series before. And, and okay, he didn't play great last night, but, yeah, he's been good so far this series, too. Mm-hmm. All right, there's your hockey update. The big dog, Joel Orwanski, will be covering the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs right down to the final get-go. And, uh, again, does a sensational job here <laughs> the two guys in a mic show. Real quick, Big Dog, before we get to baseball, a couple other stories I had mentioned real quick from the weekend that we didn't get to. One is the, as you call the Chicks with Sticks, but Northwestern's women's lacrosse team, uh, you know, just doing it again. They're like the, uh, what is it, the Energizer Bunny? Just keep going, yeah, you know, over like- and over and over again. They go to their eighth consecutive Final Four, and they beat the hated Duke Blue Devils. Uh, that's a, they they usually play in the regular season too. There's a rivalry among uh, Northwestern and Duke women. Yes. Yep. Yep. And Duke, I think Duke picked up a couple of players from this area here too that were recruited away 
from Northwestern. So it added to the rivalry, but uh, it's just amazing. When oh, Kelly and- we got to quit losing all our good women's across talent to the Eastern Seaboard. I'm sick of this, okay? Maggie Quirk. Don Hopkins coming here taking all of our good girls. It's, it's, I'm fed up. One of Duke's leading scorers, Maggie Quirk, right out of uh, local uh, Nutrier High School here. Aren't you proud of me? I'm up on my women's lacrosse. Thank you I'm very much. Scared, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but it is impressive, Big Doug. And I think of those eight Final Fours, they've won six of the last seven national championships. They've got one blip in the last seven years. And, again, a sport that's dominated out east. Somehow here in yeah. the Midwest, the uh, Wildcats have become a superpower. No, the people out east are like, yeah, they've got an easier road to the championship. Mm-hmm. All right. The other name I mentioned was Jason Duffner. Are you aware of my guy, Jason Duffner? I think he's a golfer. That would be correct. Let okay. me just go over the three-week period that a young Jason Duffner has just uh, gotten through. First of all, three weeks ago, he won his first ever PGA tournament. I forget the name of the tournament, but he won. First time ever. Knocking on the door often, but had never won. In fact, I think last year's PGA, he was he went to sudden death, so he almost won a major. So three weeks ago, he wins his first one ever, Big Duffner. Two weeks ago, baby number one for the young married couple. They welcome in Jason Dufner Jr. to the world. Uh-huh. And then this past weekend, in the Byron Nelson Classic, pretty prestigious tournament, Jason Dufner wins on a 25-foot putt on the 18th hole. Everybody thought it was going OT. He drains a 25-footer. So first-ever oh, tournament win. Baby. Uh-huh. And then a huge win at the Byron Nelson Classic on a last-second shot. That's not a bad three-week period. Not, not a bad weekend. Now, didn't he? He's newly married, too, right? Uh, not sure. He got married last weekend. Married or had a baby? Well, he got. He's. Uh, I, I remember when well, maybe he was, it was kissing, married. When he was kissing the girl, I was like, I, he paid a really hot prostitute to come out here and kiss him. No, and that was. They were like, oh, he's kissing his. his that was Phil his Mickelson's wife. It wasn't Mickelson's wife. It wasn't. It wasn't oh. Amy Mickelson, right. or Lisa Mickelson. Right. I was, think you're right. I apologize. It was not the baby. He got married. So uh-huh. first ever tournament win. The next weekend you get married. The weekend after that you win the Byron Nelson Classic on a 25 foot buzzer beater. Uh, by the way, he uh, he's a professional athlete. If you call golfing uh, being athletic, but I'm going to tell you this straight up. He married up. Yep. He did all right for himself. Yep, he's a little softer on the midsection, no question about it. By the way, just as a footnote, second place in the Byron Nelson Classic was a young man named Dickie Pride. Um, I got I got to be quite honest with you, Coach. Uh, <laughs> Thank you very that much. May be, that, that may be one of the finest adult names I've ever heard ever. Yep, Dickie Pride. Uh, if that's, I mean, let's face it, if it does, golf doesn't work out for him. <laughs> he has other alternatives? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move to the world of baseball again. Big Dog and the Coach at your service, 888-463-6748. If you did not join us on yesterday's uh, whirlwind show, there were a few emailers, Big Dog, that were still trying to, They had, the basic message I heard was they had to re-listen to the show. To follow, it was like a parade route where they got lost a little bit, then they rejoined the parade, then they got lost a little bit, and they rejoined. But once they got back, the pieces kind of fit into place. But amongst the many things that went on, you had actually tried out for a baseball quiz show. Have we heard if you got selected yet or not? 
No, they, they told me they were going to call me on Wednesday Uh-oh. is when they told me. And uh, but I did get the good question. I, I did, and, and I I know I know the difference because every time I have ever gotten one of these mm-hmm. jobs, and trust me, I got the job as MLB Fan Cave last year until they ran my my criminal background. It was my criminal background. They listened to the show the day you were kept saying I was a criminal, and then they were like, "We don't want him anymore." Come on! But uh, uh, you're not serious. They, no, I was just joking. I just don't like when you act like I'm a criminal because I people might it. think I really am a criminal. Got I worried for a second. Because my friends don't really listen. You know what I mean? So they mm-hmm. they would have no idea. The people who listen really don't know me that well, so they might think I really am a criminal. So. Right. Well, what were we talking about? <laughs> Give me an example real quick before we – I'm trying to delay talking about our beloved Cubs as long as I can. What were a couple of questions? Let me see if I got a shot at answering. Do you remember a couple of the questions they asked you? Oh, for the oh for the the top ten. Okay. Uh, by the way, I I did really well. Um, they they either Cub or White Sox guys. If you were a Cub guy, you got Cub questions. White Sox guy, White Sox questions. Mm-hmm. I don't think that means I have no idea what they're going to ask on the show. But here's one of the questions: How many career home runs did Ernie Banks have? I thought that was the easiest one on the on the top. Five eleven. Very close. Just let you know, uh, Mel Ott of the New York Giants. At 511 home runs. How many? But Ernie Banks at 512 tied with Eddie Matthews. Oh, one off. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad, Coach. That's good. That's really good. I love Eddie uh, Matthews, by the way. Okay. Uh, now, this is – I told you how it was worded wrong, but I'm going to do it again to see if you remember. I would, this is how it was worded. In what year did the Cubs win the first World Series? That's how they worded it. Their first World Series or the first? It should have been there. It should have been their first World Series. 1908? It was 1907. They won their last yeah. World Series in 1908. Ah. In, in 1908, the Cubs had the record for most World Series championships in baseball history. <laughs> Just like that. The first team to ever go back-to-back, Chicago Cubs. First team to ever win 100 games three years in a row, Chicago mm-hmm. Cubs. Okay, I can go on and on and on. Yeah. Now, let me think of some other questions for you. Um, I, I'll, I'll, let me, I'll give you one that I got wrong. I got this one wrong. Who led the 2011 Chicago Cubs in home runs? Let's see. The obvious, you know, comes out to me right away is Aramis Ramirez, but that's probably that was my answer. And Soriano in center. Who was our right fielder last year? Koske. It's not the catcher. Who was our? Oh, it's got to be Carlos, uh, the first baseman, Carlos Pena. It It was Carlos Pena, and I am not kidding you. You know, I wrote I wrote Aramis Ramirez, and I'm like, dude, I think it's it's Pena, but I was like, you know, Aramis went crazy in September last year. Remember when right when the Cubs reached 30 games behind in the standings, mm-hmm. Aramis went on a hot streak, <laughs> a, a ridiculous hot streak. It was yeah. right when they hit 30. Right, I mean, like as soon as the bell hit 30, ding, 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 he like <laughs> like a 10 game hitting streak of multiple games and a couple oh, homers. Goodness. Frustration uh, indeed for our beloved Chicago Cubs. They've now lost seven in a row. I get the heckler. I don't know how I got on their email list, but I get the heckler headline things emailed to me on a regular basis. Big dog. Uh-huh. Their lead headline and the most recent heckler was sixty-seven um, percent of the Cubs runs this year were actually scored on replays. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, goodness. You can only laugh because the closest emotion to laughing is crying, and we don't want to cry over the Cub, but uh, they lose to Houston. We have to. We we have to because, honestly, we we knew coming in this year was going to be a long year. Got to keep your sense of humor. And and let's face it. There's a couple things that I wanted to find out this year, going into this year. And one of them was, could Jeff Samard be a legitimate pitcher in Major League Baseball? So far this year as a Cub fan, you got to be like, hey, you know what? We have a, a number two or a number three starter yep. going for a good team next year, if, you know, if we can build around them. I mean, yep. that, that might seem like a little thing to most people, but that's nice to know. It's that they actually invested in a young kid who's actually, I think, is going to be a decent pitcher. There's a couple other positives, Coach. So let's have fun and make fun of the fact that, yes, it seems like over the last like two weeks, every time this team scores runs, it's in the ninth inning when they're already down eight runs. You know, like, hey, they scored four runs last night in the ninth. Wow, they really they score a lot in the ninth. Yeah, too bad they were down eight at the time. And Len and Bob, I'm going to tell you this, Coach. I am so proud that Len Casper will finally start telling the truth on air instead of kissing the butt of all these Cub organizations and Cub players. Bob Brunley has always done it. Len Casper has made it a point the last couple, like, why are we finally having good at-bats in the, in the ninth inning when we're down eight? Why are these guys taking pitches now, Bob? And I was like, it's about time. You know, he's asked us a few times. It's Len Casper has been more critical. I don't want him to be critical. I want him to just tell the truth always, and I want the Cubs to be great. And we don't, you know what I mean? That's, but when they're bad, he has to say it. And he finally has been this first, the last couple of weeks, coach. And I'm, it's like cool. It's like I'm finally opening up to Len Casper now that he's actually talking to me instead of talking around me. Do you understand mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, a little bit. I've always yeah. enjoyed uh, uh, Leonard Casper. Uh, no, I can't say always. When he first came in, I was kind of trying to figure out who he was. But the last three, four years, I think he's been a pretty good announcer. You alluded to the fact, Big Dog, that the uh, about the you know hitting in the ninth inning. Last couple of games, White Sox game, final game, and yesterday against Houston, correct me if I'm wrong, shutout. Basically frustrated through eight innings. Both games, we score four in the ninth inning. I don't know if that's coincidence or not, but seems to be a theme. We can hit when the game is pretty much well at, at hand. Do you, do you remember last week against the Phillies? They did that in back-to-back games. They scored six runs in the in the, in yep. the ninth against the Phillies. Remember that game? Yeah. And, and Wellington Castillo, if he hits a grand slam, the Cubs would still be losing, and he's, act, he's trying to hit the ball out of the park. And he mm-hmm. got totally lucky and pulled the ball on the ground that – the third baseman just didn't catch. And it's kind of a microcosm of some of the teams that we've seen in recent years where take that same philosophy and put it through a season. Many of our players struggle, you know, in April, May, and June, call it the first through sixth innings, and then when the game's out of hand, when we're way behind, all of a sudden you got some guys putting on spectacular performances. you got to do it. you got to hit under pressure and pitch under pressure when it counts. Do you know who's the only, besides Starlin Castro, the only Cub to have a 200-hit season since Sandberg, Coach? You know, the only way. Wow, it isn't so he got 198 one season. That's not good, since Sandberg. Last time I checked, Sandberg was more than a few years ago. Yeah, it was the last time Sandberg had a 200-hit season yeah, probably would have been like uh, 1988 or so. It would have been that year. That's, so, a, that's actually a great trivia question. Do I have a chance you know, of getting so this Starlin, guy? Starlin Castro did it last year. Okay. Give me There's a hint. one other Cub. Give me a hint. Uh, he set the record for most plate appearances ever by a White Sox player in the year 2010. He's got the worst so arm plate. in baseball. 
Oh, uh, worst arm in baseball. I I will promise Juan you Pierre. So yes, Juan Pierre. And, and Juan Pierre, he had a 200 hit season for the Cubs in 2006. In the first half of the season, he hit 230 something. He was in the 230s. Yet had a 200 hit season. In the second half, he hit like 375. Remember that? And I, it was like the worst Cubs team ever. And in the first half of that season, they mm-hmm. were like had a, like a decent squad. And it's your exactly. Right. There's so many of these. Seasons like this for the Cubs were these guys had great seasons and they were always in the second half when I swear the, the, the Cubs were 40 games out at the time. That stuff has to end as a Chicago Cubs fan. I'm, I'm not impressed with guys having great seasons like Aramis Ramirez the last couple of years after the season was done, but when, we, when the season was collapsing, they were nowhere to be found, if you mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about. Yep. Now, I, I, we were joking about the Cubs a minute ago. Now I'm like getting angry about them again. <laughs> when I think. So. Oh, if you're a frustrated Cub fan out there, you need uh, somebody to talk to. We are Cheap Therapy here on the Two Guys at a Mic Show. Feel free to dial it up, 888-463-6748. The phone number, the good news and the bad news. The good news is we get you right on. There's no long waits. The minor bad news is you do have to go through the painful experience of talking to our producer, David Olson, but it's like a shot of Novocaine, Big Dog. It's over fairly quickly, as painful as it might be. David isn't so bad. He's not so bad. Just don't give him your social security number. That, that we don't need, you don't, we don't actually need that. Uh, okay. Last last four digits, you're okay. Just don't give him the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Ninety days, he's been clean. You got to give the guy a break. White Sox, on the other hand, big doll. White Sox will play a lot better baseball. They start a series with the Minnesota Twins at Minnesota, but they've won four in a row now. Well, they're going to be playing really good baseball. How long are they playing the Twins? Four coach three games. They're going to play great baseball the next three games. I guarantee you that much. Actually, I think I take that back. It's at uh, the cell, at U.S. Cellular. Oh, so they got that would make sense to come yeah. down the road. So. Yeah. So it's uh, we'll see if the Sox can keep it going. And right now in the American League Central Division, Big Dog, it's not like anybody's running away with it. So the White Sox have a, a you know glimmer of hope for our beloved Southside fans. There is no question. There's a glimmer of hope. Uh, you know, right now. The only team in the American League Central that has outscored their opponent on the season is the Chicago White Sox. Where's the wow the, button when I need it? Yeah, the the I, I, who run differential? I'll like, yeah, I don't know how. Like, obviously, you can say, well, the Cubs. Who cares about that? The Cubs helped their run differential by scoring four runs when they were down eight in the ninth. You know, so like, don't take too much in that. But it's kind of strange. the Indians are five games above five hundred. Uh, at least going into last night, I, they they lost, right? So they're four games above 500, and their run differential, they were like negative eight, and the White Sox were 500, and they were plus nine, and the Tigers were below. The great Tigers were below uh, a run differential, and check this out, Coach. In the American League East, the Toronto Blue Jays, their run differential is plus 35, and the Yankees is plus one. The Yankees are 500, and the Blue Jays are Six games above 500 right now. I told you the Blue Jays were awesome, I, and I was hoping they were they would finish 500 and they just would have a decent season. They could win the American League East, coach. That was my surprise team, and right now the Orioles are better than them. There's no question. But I, I think when the season is done, Toronto has a chance to go to the playoffs. They have two of the best pitchers in baseball, and Ricky Romero and Brandon Murrow right now. Yeah, they won five of their last six. Beat Tampa Bay yesterday, and then my guy, you know Escobar. You know I'm a mm-hmm. big you know Escobar guy. Yeah. Uh, is on a home run tear, so I'm very excited. I know you're not sure if you're going to name your kid uh, Ubaldo as Drupal <laughs> or you know. I understand. <laughs> so. By the way, I did the Cleveland Indians. You know I'm a Sox fan. Cubs first. 
But I do root for the Sox, and the fact that Cleveland is, you know, kind of sealing our thunder is disturbing me a little bit. Had a very disturbing dream last night. Big had nothing to do with my wife, by the way. Thank goodness. My wife is very happy to hear that. But around uh, 3 o'clock, woke up about 3 o'clock in the morning and realized I had been dreaming something to the effect that had Chief Wahoo mounting as Dribble Cabrera. Very disturbing. Uh that's one tomahawk chop I don't want to be hauled by. I don't remember all the details, but you know there is that vivid memory. So I had trouble going back to sleep, as you could well understand. I completely understand, and I don't need to know anymore. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Uh, by the way, the Red Sox, you mentioned the Baltimore Orioles. The Red Sox knocked off the Orioles 8-6, to and Bobby Valentin's uh, schizophrenic Boston Red Sox have now won 9 out of 11, so they're starting to work their way back. You mentioned the American League East. Don't forget the Red Sox. They can make a run also. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, 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 all in the American League East, uh, I, anybody is still alive in it as far as I'm concerned right now. And, mm-hmm. and I, like I was saying, I do think we there's a chance in August that all five teams are alive for either the American mm-hmm. League East or the two other wild card spots. And I, we've never seen anything like no. that since they went to the sixth division. Yeah, that would be cool. cool. That would be cool. Even even the last place team with a shot, and pretty much, I wouldn't guarantee it yet, but uh, your expertise, Big Dog, would say that in all likelihood, the wild card team or teams will likely come out of the American League East. Yeah, because if you think about the West, uh, the Angels, they better start playing some baseball. If they even, they better think about getting back to five hundred before they consider, hey, let's try to get one of those wild card first. I mean, that it's it's. It's May 23rd right now. Is that right, Coach? So, you know, you're kind of – your record is who you are. Starting, like, right in June, your record's who you are. So if you don't start winning some games soon, you can't think playoffs. And then in the American League Central, I, 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 don't, I don't see a wild card coming out of there, Coach. I, I would be shocked if, like, I don't know, maybe if the Tigers – start playing like we thought they do and the and the Indians don't falter, then maybe mm-hmm. the Indians have a shot at the wild card, but I think you're exactly right. It's mm-hmm. basically two division winners in the Central and the West, and then the, the American League East is up for grabs with two uh, two wild card spots open up. By the way, just to clear up some confusion with a couple of our tweeters, last week you were talking about the uh, accolades and the uh, superiority of young center fielder the Baltimore Orioles, Adam Jones. And some of our Twitter people got uh, Andrew Jones confused, just to make sure, Big Dog. Andrew Jones and Adam Jones, not the same players. We're, we're, we're right. We're because Andrew Jones did go to the Baltimore Orioles at one point. Uh, I don't ever recall Andrew Jones ever who did, at the Baltimore Orioles when he left the Braves. Why, who did, why, why do I have to clarify the difference of well, the best center fielder in baseball over a guy that's seventy-four years old? Well, <laughs> Adam Jones is incredible. I don't think there's. I don't think anybody got that confused. Well, it's a little confusing, only because Adam Jones basically is what Adam Andrew Jones was about uh, eight years ago, ten years ago, whatever it might be when he well, broke it. Did you say seventy-five pounds ago, Coach? Take it easy. Yeah, well, it's, I, when I say Oriole Adam Jones, I mean, do I, do I have to put on there not Andrew Jones, formerly of the right. Braves? All right. I apologize. Forget it. I, I tried to help some of our Twitter people. I very little sympathy for them. Uh, finally, <laughs> give me a, a quick result. I know we had an interesting pitch-up messing yesterday. Uh, Felix Hernandez for Seattle. 
going up against you, Darvish of Texas. Who came out the winner of that one, Big Dog? Uh, the the Mariners ended up winning, and there was a bunch of there was a lot of runs scored in that game. Uh, Elvis Andrew, by the way, made one of the most amazing plays from shortstop I've ever seen. Bases loaded, infield in, ball hit in the hole. So when he feels it, he's like on the lip of the grass going towards the third baseman. Okay, Coach? Yep. And he's falling down because the, the angle is so awkward. When you see this play, you're just, your mouth's going to drop. You're just, it's the number one play of the day in, in ESPN. He basically throws a Dan Quisenberry pitch to home plate that one hops. And uh, and I don't know who was catching at the time. I don't, I don't think it was Napoli, but made an unbelievable scoop out of it. That's it's one of the finest plays you'll see a shortstop making. Was the uh, runner going on the pitch or slight delay? Oh, yeah, it was bases loaded. It was bases wow. loaded. It was a force out at home. Wow. And it was a bang-bang play. When you see the – it was just unbelievable. I mean, legitimately, it would take me 100 attempts to do this. <laughs> and I'm in yeah. really good shape and a good athlete. And I am not kidding. The way he caught the ball, turned his body, and threw it underhanded while he was falling to the ground and beat the guy by an inch is – it's like one of those sports science things that if you would have waited another one hundredth of a second, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have been able to do it. It's like one of those crazy. Gotta like, check that I, out. I gotta uh, check that out in the highlight. That sounds like a play I would truly appreciate. A, you gotta field the ball. B, you have to have the arm strength to get it there. And C, most importantly of it all, you have to get rid of it extremely quickly. You put all three of those together, it makes for a sensational play. He was probably only ninety-five feet away from home plate when he made the throw. So it wasn't your typical shortstop, like oh my, like what a cannon. You know, so, mm-hmm. Phone lines open. Dog and the coach at your service right up until 11 o'clock here. We'll do it all over again tomorrow. In fact, we do it every Monday through Friday, five days a week, one hour a day. That would be five and Toto. Big Dog, did you recuperate? Uh, I know you're uh, spending a lot of time down in the city. Today is hopefully the city back to normal, but did you recuperate from your various confrontations? with some of the parade protesters out there? I, I, I have to admit, yes, I, uh, I had a very relaxing morning. Cloudy was doing yard work. I went out there helping. We cleaned the garage out. I was all happy. I chilled on the couch. I was like, you know, I got a lot to do. I got a lot of social network, all the other stuff I got to do. I'll get to that in a minute. And the next thing I know, I thought there was an issue that happened, a mistake. Somebody picked up uh, the wrong package. I had money in this one thing, and guess what? They took something that had $1,100 in it for me, Coach. Wait, that happened today? No, this happened on Saturday. I didn't realize it until yesterday, on Monday. A package with $1,100? Yes. Where did they pick up? Because I was was, uh, in the city, and I'm like, blah, 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 do this for me. Oh, no problem, I'll do it. And I was like, oh, because you picked up the wrong thing. And the, I called the guy, and he knew what happened. And I'm like, and and basically, he's like, oh, I got it for you. And he, he would not answer the phone for like a day, the whole day yesterday. Okay. And I'm like, like I'm almost in tears. You know, I'm like, I can't believe I just did this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And next thing I know, I have a, a phone call from him this morning. Hey, what's up, man? I'll be by your house. I heard there was a mistake with the box. So I'll do that today. Wow. <laughs> Coach, I didn't sleep last night. I didn't freaking sleep at all. Like, I would fall asleep for like a when, second. I'd wake up being like, oh, no, I have, a, I got to pay my taxes. You know what I'm saying? I'm when when did you discover the bag was uh, missing? Yesterday? Oh, uh, yeah, box. It was, box. Uh, okay. yeah, it, it was, 
yesterday at about five o'clock, uh-huh. and I would have to say I didn't wasn't told that everything was okay until this morning okay. at eight thirty. David Olson as a radio professional here. Is it right for me to ask why was eleven hundred dollars in a box? Because I work downtown. <laughs> Uh-huh. I work in cash. I get paid tips all the time. Ah. And that was something I was saving. Gotcha. And I was owed somebody money, a buddy of mine, that was going to get him that. And it's in a real nice box. I have two of them exactly alike. One of them was the wrong one was taken. Oof. Okay? All right. all I can tell you. But you're getting a return. Happy endings. Uh, there certainly will be a happy ending because I almost had a freaking heart attack, Coach. I'm not kidding. I was like <laughs> throwing up on my mouth all night. It's not a good feeling. So I was like. I was like, I would feel this way after gambling and feel horrible. Hey, I just lost eighteen hundred bucks today. Uh, yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. At least I had the thrill of it. When you just think you just lost eleven hundred dollars, it's got to be the worst feeling that you feel. It's like. By the way, sure. speaking of gambling in Las Vegas, they discovered. You know where the worst odds are in Las Vegas? Uh, I would have to say at the sports book. No, at the wedding chapels. Thank you very much, <laughs> David Olson. No, I was just going to say there's there's this amazing thing called a savings account, and there are machines like all over the city where you can get cash if you have your money in a savings account. Just a suggestion. Just to let you know that was taken out of there and is going to pay my buddy back that has loaned me some money, and that's exactly what I was doing with it. Uh, and next thing I know, I was like, oh, no. that's yeah. I, I have a savings account. There's not much in it, but uh, I, very good. I, I totally agree. Yeah, that's. That's what happened. Well, so, if you'd like to contribute to the next box of 1100 hours, the big dog could use tips and more, and you can get it by, and the weather is absolutely gorgeous right now, uh, outstanding kayak tours uh, via waterriders.com. Big dog, I'm sure you'll be happy to take on any of our uh, fine two guys and a mic listeners. Uh, like I said, actually, if you are willing to go on Thursday night, mm-hmm. just uh, uh Follow me on Twitter, this year man on Twitter, and direct message me, and you can go for free on either Thursday or Friday night. And even if you go for free, though, it'd be nice if you give a little tip at the end. But especially if you gave a tip in the end in front of the other people, yes. that would be extremely nice. So they know that you're supposed to tip at that. Interesting. Just, have you a, ever thought of? And I'm going to guess the answer here is yes. Have you ever thought of having a person that you pay a little bit to to be? On the tour with you and kind of set the example and have him bring out a you know a twenty or a fifty dollar bill at the end of the just to yeah. encourage others. That, yeah, that we do that. Uh, Lily the Lilac will go out on tours with me. She'll do it, and then after that, everybody See. gets in line and they pay. Excellent. Uh, last year, I had a friend that went out. Yeah. Uh, she gave me a twenty and made it. Oh, that was so wonderful! She's like, I'm sorry, I only have a twenty. And she said, and I swear to you, hundred and ninety dollars <laughs> in tips that day. Nice. I'm not kidding you. Normally, I get like fifty. And she like like blah 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 like did it all loud and stuff and then like and then I'm like oh my goodness I, yeah I should have given her the twenty back to be quite honest with you coach good strategy good strategy big dog you're thinking I like that my friend all right we got a rock and roll we'll do it again tomorrow of uh, the females of the city of Chicago want to track you down today big dog and we continue to get tweets and emails. Uh, mostly from females and again back here Bobby is still uh, interested also where might they. Uh, socialize with you today uh i'm this year man on twitter check it out follow me i got good stuff i will make you laugh i promise you this coach okay very good 
I, I, other than that, I'll be writing emails to my girlfriend. All the girls out there, just let yeah. you know. That brings back, remember one of our favorite segments of all times, emails from females? <laughs> we uh, need to do that more often. We had, we had so many good segments back in the morning break days. All right, big dog, behave yourself out there. Have a great day. We'll talk tomorrow. Bye, everybody. Thank you very much. We'll uh, be back on the air at 10 o'clock tomorrow. We thank everybody out there for listening. Have a great day. 10 o'clock tomorrow, we'll do it all over again. Don't be late. David Olson, our producer, outstanding job as always. Have a great day. Everybody.